Welcome to Changeling Cast, the podcast dedicated to reading and dissecting urban fantasy, paranormal, and speculative romance series. I'm your host, Mara, from the YouTube channel Books Like Woe, and this season we are making our way through Nalini Singh's Psy Changeling series. celebration of the release of Storm Echo this week. And as a part of that celebration, uh, today we are going to do a little season one recap. So this is going to be full spoilers for the macro plot of the Psy Changeling first season. So this goes books one, which is Slave to Sensation, through I decided to cut this off at Shards of Hope, which is book 14, and I will include Allegiance of Honor in my season two recap. The idea being that I know a lot of plot happens in these books, and it can be hard, to, at least for me, <laughs> to remember everything that has come before. So this is a reference uh, for myself, to be totally honest, but also for anyone else who would find it helpful to have a recap of the overall high level view of what happens in each of the side changeling seasons. So today is season one in anticipation of Storm Echo. And we will also have uh, a recap of Allegiance of Honor through Storm Echo up either tomorrow, the day after, not totally sure. But sit back. If you know nothing about the world of Psy Changeling, I will refer you to my introduction episode to the first season of the Psy Changeling podcast. Uh, and that gives you sort of a recap of kind of what the Psy are, what the Changeling are, sort of the world building. And this will pick up Enslaved to Sensation, and I'm just going to tell it to you like it's a big old story. So uh, get some popcorn, settle in, let's do this. So Enslaved to Sensation, we pick up with the Cynet kind of on the brink of big changes. And those changes are uh, precipitated by Sasha Duncan, who is the daughter of one of the rulers of the Cynet, Nikita Duncan. And she is in negotiation for an important business project with her mother's company and with a changeling pack called Dark River. And Dark River's alpha is Lucas Hunter. And he is a leopard changeling. And almost instantly they have a connection, uh, which is precipitated by the fact that Sasha has a crumbling version of silence. It is not holding well. And really the first book is us getting the lay of the land of sort of the political comings and goings. Uh, there is another counselor on the ruling council called Enrique Santanto, who is a shady MFer. And uh, by the end of the book, we find out that he is a serial murderer of changelings. And that is sort of the mystery plot that Lucas and Sasha are working on together, who is abducting and killing these changeling women. It is Enrique. Sasha helps take down Enrique, and she and Lucas all the while are falling in love. She, however, needs to be in the Cyanet to survive. So she thinks that this is really a doomed love affair. But she makes the decision anyway to uh, kind of use the last shreds of her sanity and clarity to help take down Enrique. They are successful in doing that. And 
by initiating the mating bond, we find out that Psy can be pulled out of the Psynet and into a changeling pack's psychic connection, um, at least with the alpha of the pack. Uh, they can be connected through that and get the psychic feedback that they need. So Sasha is now in what she calls the Web of Stars, which is the Dark River psychic network between Lucas and his various lieutenants. Now, these various lieutenants uh, are going to be important players throughout the series, and they are going to be the heroes and heroines of upcoming books. Uh, so they are all very important, but they have taken a blood oath to Lucas, and that is why they have this psychic bond that Sasha can now uh, coexist in. So Sasha also basically discovers that she has a new um, ability that is thought to be a myth, non-existent, they're not totally sure, but she is a Cardinal E. So she is, a Cardinal is the most powerful version of a Psy. She is a Cardinal in the E designation, which is an empath. So that is her power. Uh, the only other, not the only other, there's so many other things, but uh, another notable item here from the first book is that we also find out that Dark River has a relatively new and still pretty fragile alliance with the neighboring pack to them in Northern California, which is the Snowdancer clan. And the Snowdancers are wolves run by, or the, the alpha is Hawk Snow. And he is the alpha. He has his own lieutenants um, who will also be major players in books to come. Uh, notably, his tribe, not his tribe, his pack has also taken in um, some other Psy refugees, the Lorens, who were set for reconditioning slash termination by the Psy Council. So they faked their death. And it is two brothers, uh, one of their son and daughter, or one of their daughters, I guess, and then um, their niece and nephew. So they have five Psy who are living amongst the wolves in secret. And that is where we kind of leave the world at the beginning of the first book. So in the second book, we are following Faith Nightstar, who is another Psy. She is what is called an F designation, which stands for Foresight. And she is a part of the Nightstar clan, which is the most powerful Foresight clan in the Psynet. Uh, and because of what has happened with Sasha, Faith basically is having a lot of disturbing visions that are making her worried about the future. So she decides to go to Sasha, even though it's forbidden, and get more information about her, her visions. In the course of that, she meets a uh, lieutenant, a sentinel, sorry, I've been calling them lieutenants, but in the leopards, they are sentinels, uh, a sentinel named Vaughn, and they begin to fall in love. And this, really the conflict in this one is uh, her choosing to leave the Psynet for him. Faith is, because of how powerful she is, she is being, being considered for the Psy Council alongside another young hotshot up-and-comer named Caleb Krychek, uh, as well as an M-Psy named Gia. The Council uh, is basically aware that they've not been monitoring violent size well enough in the Psynet case in point, Enrique, and they want a more connected person on the council with the netmind. Now the netmind is basically a neo sentience that emerges from a psychic network. 
So it is its own being that arises from the collective psychic presences of everyone in the psychic network. So that is the Sinet, or not, sorry, not the Sinet. For the Sinet, we have the Netmind. And basically it is known that F, uh, F designation, M designation, and TK designation, which is Caleb, uh, are best able to connect with the netmind, so it is thought that it would be prudent to bring one of them on board. In the course of this book, we also discover the presence of what is called the dark mind, and this is the twin uh, sentience from the netmind, but it is the embodiment of all of the dark and violent impulses of the psychic presences within the Sinet, and the dark mind is part of what is stirring up um, the violence that is happening increasingly in the Sinet. But Faith does have a connection with the Netmind, uh, and it is discovered that even after she and um, uh, she leaves to go be with Vaughn from the Sinet, she drops out of it and joins the Web of Stars, she's actually still able to talk to the Netmind even though she is not in the Sinet anymore. So uh, we also in that second book have um, uh, the intro the introduction of the concept of the arrows, which are controlled by Ming Laban. The arrows are a cadre of elite Psy soldiers who are chosen for the violent proclivities of their particular gifting. They are often children who are basically too dangerous to be raised in the context of a normal Psy family, and so they are forfeited to the arrow squad. Uh, the Arrow Squad has been attempted to be controlled in the past uh, via a drug called Jax, but that did not go as expected, so they, for the most part, are no longer controlled by that. As we move into Book 3, we join the Snowdancer pack, and we are following one of the uh, Lorne members of that family, the Psy family who defected, Judd Lorne, who is a former Arrow. And this is his love story with the last victim of Enrique Santanto, who they were able to save, Brenna Kincaid. And they have their love story, and really this is mostly about how a Psy who has already left the Sinet um, can have a love story and can have a relationship with someone even if they still need parts of silence to be in control of their powers. So basically Judd figures out how to deconstruct parts of silence that are hurtful to him uh, while still being able to keep the parts that are helpful for him to maintain control over his ability, which is a specific kind of TK power called a TK cell where he can destroy or knit back together uh, things at a cellular level. In the course of this book, Judd also becomes the first Psy lieutenant of the Snowdancer tribe, clan, and we also are introduced to the Ghost, who is a rebel in the Psynet trying to uh, thwart the various goings-on of the Psy Council, including a new implant called Protocol 1, which is a type of experimental hive mind that the Psy Council has been working on, uh, which basically would allow there to be sort of a queen bee class and a worker bee class. 
the initial test subjects of that are Shoshana and Henry Scott as the queen bees, and then they have eight other people. Um, but over the course of this book, the initial research and implant for that protocol are destroyed. Uh, as a part of getting introduced to the ghost, we are also introduced to a character called Father Perez, who is a human reformed Catholic priest who is helping both Judd and the ghost with their subterfuge of the Cynet. Additionally, we have the Psy Council trying to st strike back at the Changelings because of the events of the last two books, but they ultimately fail. And from all of that attempt, we find out how much the Psy's have been interfering with Changeling politics. For example, they influence a pack of hyenas to attack the Snowdancers, and um, really we find out that they've been much more involved than we may have previously guessed. We get introduced to a couple of other significant characters who will be important for this sort of Protocol 1 arc, which are, you know, is in books 3, 4, 5, and 7. Uh, we see Zizen for the first time, who is an older, respected sort of statesman of the Sinet, uh, who is working with the rebels. Uh, Shia Eleni is the head scientist of Protocol 1, but we will find out more later that she is not so much doing that of her own free will. And we also see Silver Mercant as the assistant to Caleb Krychek, uh, who will be an important character later on. So that is book three. Uh, then we get into book four, which is a romance between a human well, at least she appears to be mostly human, named Tally, Talon, uh, and one of the Dark River Sentinels named Clay. Tally is a social worker for the Shine Foundation. Uh, she and Clay knew each other as children, but because of extreme tragedy, they were separated and he thought she was dead. Uh, but basically she goes to Clay because children from the Shine Foundation are being abducted off the streets and either go totally missing or are later found murdered with their brains uh, having been essentially tampered with. Uh, we learn that Dev Santos is the head of the Shine Foundation. And what we come to find out is that the Shine Foundation is a organization that takes care of the forgotten and what is called the shadow net. So the forgotten are descendants of the Psy who decided to leave the Psy net when silence was implemented. And over time they have become, you know, their genes have become more diluted and they have blended into normal life, but they often still need some kind of support, including Tally, who has a very small need for bio, um, for psychic biofeedback. And so she is able to get that once she mates with Clay and gets into the web of stars. We also have the introduction of Max Shannon, who is introduced to us as a local enforcement agent in San Francisco, who has been working with the Shine Foundation to find the kids who have been lost or mutilated. Uh, we discover that they are being stolen by the Psy for research on Protocol 1. And this is really where we find out that between um, what we know about the Psy and the Psynet and the Forgotten and the Shadownet, that really part of the issues that the Psy are now having vis-a-vis -vis psychosis is because they have very strict, almost sort of like pure breed type 
designations versus in the shadow net where there's a lot more commingling of different DNA, so from the Psy, from humans, from changelings, there's a lot of different kinds of psychic abil abilities that emerge. Um, and so we kind of find out that as a part of a part of that plot. Uh, we also in this book have Caleb Krychek emerging as sort of the de facto leader of the Psy Council once Marshall is assassinated. Marshall or Hyde Marshall? Marshall Pax, I forget his name. His son is Pax Marshall. So yeah, whatever that guy's first name is. He's assassinated, which is uh, orchestrated by the ghost. And as a result, Anthony Krychek, who is the, uh, the head of the Nightstar clan that Faith comes from, ends up joining the council. And we have had indications in previous books that he is sympathetic to, if not outright, a part of the rebellion or general pushback against the norm in the Synet. So as we are continue on here, um, there's a general sense of chaos that is growing in the Synet. Uh, but as the chaos in the Synet grows, there's also increasing unification with the changelings. So we see that the Dark River and uh, Snowdancer Alliance is growing stronger. Mercy from Dark River and Riley from the Snowdancer crew are the sort of liaison points. They're antagonistic towards each other, but they are working together. And the rats formally become allies with Dark River. Um, so they are sort of their eyes on the ground in San Francisco. So by the time we get to the fifth book, uh, Ashaya Elaine is trying to get out of the Synet and she helped the leopards in the fourth book get some of the children that they were looking for back. And as a, an exchange, they promise to get her son out of the Synet, who is being held hostage so that she will comply with continuing to work on Protocol 1, even though she hates it. Uh, once she gets confirmation that he is out, she orchestrates a plan to also get out. Uh, and then um, she is helped by Anthony Krychek uh, with um, one of his teleporters who is sympathetic to the rebellion, who is named Vasic. We will find out that Vasic is a natural teleporter who is one of the main players in the Arrows. He is the right hand of the leader of the Arrows. And we also find out about Amara, who is Ashaya's twin. And we find out that they essentially have a kind of dual consciousness that mirrors the dark mind and the net mind. So the dark mind and net mind have a particular connection with Ashaya and Amara. Um, Ashaya, as a part of her getting out of the Cynet, ends up exposing what is being done with Protocol 1 for the hive mind implant. And she also reveals this virus that has been in development uh, that has been uber secret. So if Protocol 1 is secret, Omega is even more secret. And basically it is a virus that would control the fertility, ideally of the Psy, but realistically it could also impact the humans and the changelings as well. So with that uh, kind of the value of killing Ashaya goes down for the Psynet, or for the Psy Council, but the Human Alliance, which is the kind of governing, eh, not governing body of the humans, but the organization dedicated to trying to increase human uh, autonomy on the world stage, uh, they decide because of the Omega aspect, they want to kill Ashaya in case she knows how to create it because they don't want it to be released. 
um, they fail in that attempt. And I should say that Henry before this has sent an assassin, Henry Scott has sent an assassin for Ashaya. And as a part of that, Amara uh, finds out that Ashaya is still alive. She gets pulled into the web of stars when Ashaya goes in. Um, but because of that failed attempt, everybody kind of slaps Henry Scott on the wrist, wrist in the Psy Council, and they agree that they're not going to continue to pursue, um, uh, pursue Ashaya in terms of trying to kill her. Uh, but Henry Scott also in this book gets approached by an organization called Pure Psy, which is an extremist group that wants to have even more tightly enforced silence and wants zero interaction between the different races. Uh, the way that we find out that this is going around not just to Henry is that Silver Mercant also gets an invite, um, but on behalf of the Mercants, uh, gives, lets Caleb Krychek know, which is sort of their first, you know, overture to him to maybe having some kind of more uh, direct alliance. So we also then progress a little bit more um, in this overall protocol arc, though this is a little bit of a detour in book six. This is uh, uh, dominated, I would say, by the romance between Mercy uh, and Riley, the two different liaison points between the Snowdancer and Dark River pack. This is a very significant um, kind of relationship that develops because by bringing these two different blood oaths together, uh, they are really solidifying the connection permanently between these two packs. Um, there is also ongoing shenanigans by the Human Alliance, um, including them trying to abduct, well, actually abducting a local Lynx scientist as a part of their um, kind of ongoing attempt to assert dominance, but we find out that there's sort of this shadow, quote-unquote, bad part of the Human Alliance. Um, coming out of that, Bowen Knight emerges as the new leader of the Human Alliance, and he has done some sus, you know, sus stuff in the past, but we mostly think of him as a pretty good guy. Uh, we also find out that um, Anthony's, Anthony Caracas's team finds out that there are these size who are being, um, given a compulsion to kill people very publicly and that that is all tracing back to Henry Scott as a part of the pure psi effort. Uh, we also find out that Sienna Lauren, who is the, she is now about, I think, 17 or 18. Um, she is one of the Laurens who came out and has been living with the snow dancer. We discover that she does have a need for silence. Um, because she has a very dangerous mystery designation. She has made a soldier within the Snowdancer uh, hierarchy, but she ends up going to live with Dark River because since the first book, she has had sort of a push-pull with the alpha of Snowdancer, Hawk Snow, and she is still very young. Um, so the tension there cannot be realized and therefore it is decided it would be best for her to go to stay with the leopards um, until she gets better control over her powers. In book seven, this is sort of the last of the Protocol One books, and we have Katya, who was Ashaya Alani's uh, right-hand, you know, assistant uh, as a scientist. She was abducted and believed dead, but it turns out that she has been being tortured for five months by Ming Laban, and she is delivered to Dev Santos, the head of the Shine Foundation, as a sleeper assassin. Uh, 
While she was imprisoned, she overheard Ming talking about a stationwide massacre in Sunshine, Alaska, which is a Psy outpost, and they discover that this is an outbreak of madness, uh, essentially because of po a poisonous illness that is seeping throughout the Sinet. Um, and there is a final confrontation between Katya and her, you know, newfound love Dev and Ming. She is able to hit him, but ultimately she does not kill him. However, uh, she is being cut off from the Sinet. That is a part of what Ming did to her and she is effectively dying. However, two shiny, well, a, a, one of the forgotten kids, so one of the kids in the Shine Foundation, Nor, who was adopted by Clay and Tally in the fourth book, with along with the side child, Keenan, who is a Shia son, if you'll remember, he was being held captive a few books ago. Um, it it uh, determined, we determined from this that Nor and Keenan have this ability to join their powers to essentially heal uh, Katya's mind. Nor has an unknown weaving capability that she amplifies and pairs with uh, Kenan's telepathy. And it is suggested that this is possible because Kenan is the son of uh, Ashayan and Amara um, who are, who have that dual consciousness. So he has this amplification ability that is similar to a twin capability. So through all of this, there's an alliance that is forged between the Forgotten and Dark River slash Snowdancer because Judd Lauren is helping one of the Forgotten kids with his TK cell ability. Uh, and this is also, uh, there a connection is made between Noor, this TK cell child and Judd is all having similar sort of weaving abilities. Um, and then we also get introduced to Adden, who is Vasek's best friend and the head of the Arrows, uh, and they are plotting to overthrow Ming as their overseer because he has been killing Arrows, so they're trying to decide when the right time to strike out at him would be. So as a result of this, Max Shannon, the enforcement agent, ends up going to work for Nikita. In the course of his duties, he encounters Sophia Russo, who is a minor anchor, um, we discover, who is woven directly into the net. And she is basically a fusion point between where the net mind and dark mind uh, can meet. And in her, they can reunite and briefly kind of heal. So she is a burnt out J Psy, which is a justice Psy. Uh, and she and Max end up having a relationship while they try to protect Nikita. Um, from being uh, assassinated. That assassination attempt is ultimately tracked back to Pure Psy, which is Henry Scott again. Uh, and he's trying to kill Nikita because of how close her connections are becoming to the changelings. And that is obviously at odds with the goals of Pure Psy. Nikita and Anthony have a first kind of explicit alliance that is formed on the basis of the interest in their kids. Uh, this is the first time that we have a clear indication that Nikita is truly ride or die for Sasha and for Sasha's baby, who uh, is coming into the picture, um, who is Naya. So this is the first true Psy and Changeling child. And there ends up being a showdown at the Psy Council where it is clear that it is Nikita, Anthony and Caleb versus Henry and Sh Shoshana Scott, as well as Tatiana. 
and then Ming appears to be neutral, maybe leaning more towards Nikita, Anthony, and Kayla, but is ultimately ambivalent. We also get confirmation that Hawk is into Sienna, but that he lost the person he believes to be his mate as a child, so he doesn't want to pursue her. And also she is so young that he is reticent to pursue her. But coming into book nine, uh, we get indications from the different people within both packs that they all see that Sienna is ready um, for Hawk to pursue her and that Hawk really should be pursuing her. So books 9, 10, and 11 are kind of a mini plot arc where Henry Scott is fully coming into his own as the big bad, uh, trying to make pure Psy happen at all costs. So in book nine, we discover that Psy are coming on to Snowdancer land, and they are burying unfamiliar devices that end up being treacherous, to say the least. Uh, we also find out that they are making inro inroads directly to Snowdancer members and humans, basically trying to say like, hey, you don't want other races in your mixing with you either, right? Like, we should all just stay to ourselves. Um, Henry specifically wants to try to kill Lucas and Hawk. And in the ninth book, we have our first like true battle between Pure Psy and the Changelings. And in the course of that, Drew... Uh, who is Riley's little brother and Brenna's big brother uh, and Indy's mate, that, that is the romance in book nine, he ends up taking a bullet for Hawk. He does survive, um, but that is sort of really the first true battle between the different forces and the tension that has been building up for a while. At the end of this book, Nikita and Anthony come directly onto Snowdancer land to propose an alliance between Dark River, Snowdancer, Nikita and Anthony um, against Henry. They think that Caleb is with them, but they're just trying to be sure because you can never totally tell where where Caleb stands. Uh, Nikita comes out and says that she doesn't think silence should continue and that she had basically only been a supporter of it from political expedience rather than from conviction. Uh, we also in this book have an alliance between the Snowdancer pack and a wing of Falcons from Arizona. So uh, we also have the ghost helping Judd find a, what they think is a book on a mystery designation called X. But when they retrieve this book, it turns out that it's actually Alice Eldridge, um, who it was an expert who had previously written a book on the E designation that Nikita had paid a bunch of money to acquire for Sasha so she could learn more about her gifting. Alice was a researcher in the 1970s who apparently was put essentially in suspended animation. Um, and she is an expert. She's potentially has more information than anyone else about these designations that have gone extinct, including the E and X designations. And when asked about what to do for an X designation, she says to quote, find the valve. So coming into book 10, we've got a series of battles ensuing. And really, this is also the book where Hawk and Sienna are getting together. Um, Sienna is, ta we, uh, is taking a bigger role in kind of the overall Snowdancer politics. And she observes that the tactics that Pursai are using are from Ming Laban, which su suggests that he may actually be helping Henry Scott and Pursai. Uh, and in this book, Sienna spends a lot of time kind of proving her mettle as a soldier, including a covert op to destroy a pure Psy encampment in South America. 
And in this book, we find out that the mystery designation that Sienna has is in fact the X designation. Um, and she is the oldest known living X. They usually die at age six or seven. And essentially they have this, you can almost think of them as sort of like cold fire that is a nuclear bomb. Uh, she potentially could, you know, destroy a continent depending on how much power got built up behind her. And throughout the book, she keeps almost hitting a breaking point. Um, her and Hawk ultimately do kind of have like an informal commitment to each other, sort of like marriage type relationship. Uh, but afterwards, she thinks she is about to hit her breaking point. And right then is when a huge strike from Pure Psy is happening across Northern California. So in San Francisco against the Dark River Pack, against uh, Nikita and Anthony's positions, and against Snowdancer. So the pure side come on to Snowdancer land and the battle is ensuing, but eventually the pure side do have a supersonic weapon that disables the wolves by uh, paralyzing them through their hearing. Right when Sienna thinks she is about to go critical, so she focuses all of her energy against the pure side forces. She uh, goes into Hawk's mind to pull him and all the snow dancers and Dark River leopards uh, into her shields. And she is able to to destroy the pure side, but not any of the changelings. Um, and in the course of this, Hawk initiates the mating bond. They think she is about to finally you know, kind of hit her final implosion. So they run into a lake, but instead, uh, the Lauren net, which she is obviously a member of, uh, gets pulled fully into the Snowdancer equivalent of the Web of Stars. And it turns out that Walker, her uncle, and um, a former trainer of the Arrows, and someone who is a telepath with very specific flexibility in his, in his uh, capabilities, um, he has a specific quirk that has developed, which serves as a valve, which is what Alice was talking about. Uh, and all of the energy from Sienna is kind of blasted through the web of stars and the Lauren net, and everybody gets this huge jolt of energy, including Mercy and Riley, who use that energy to uh, vigorously couple and end up conceiving um, what are referred to as the pup cubs. Uh, so these are the first children between Dark River and Snowdancer uh, that will show will essentially ensure the future of their packs being together. So in the wake of that battle, all the different sides are regrouping. There is a, a group of changelings that are all water-based changeling called Black Sea, which want to ally with Snowdancer and Dark River. We come to find out because uh, someone is abducting their members for reason unknown, and they are led by, ooh, what is her name? Mayan Levesque, I believe, is the, the alpha of that pack. Um, we have Hawk and Sienna's mating ceremony in Book 11, uh, which precipitates Riaz and Adria getting together, who are the couple in Book 11. Um, and the big kind of milestone here is that it's two non-fated changeling mates who decide to be together without having a full fated mate bond. Uh, in that book as well, Ming tries, now that he knows that Sienna's alive, because the whole reason the Lawrence dropped out was to save 
uh, Sienna and Judd in particular from extermination. Um, and she was a particular pet of Ming Laban. Now that he knows that she's still alive and he's seen what she can do, he tries to put the Protocol 1 implant into her. When he fails to do that, he tries to kill her. He obviously gets shut down. We also find out that Tatiana has tried to kill Bowen from the Human Alliance, but he did not, she did not know that he had an experimental chip in his brain that would block side control of human minds. The Human Alliance has been developing this as an option for humans who do not want to be interfered with by nefarious Psy. And we also find out that she was behind all of the bad Human Alliance stuff that was happening all the way back in book five. Uh, we also find out that the Human Alliance has been cooperating with arrows who have dropped out of the Sinet and are on the run, who are led by Zara, who is another one of Aiden's right-hand people. Um, there's an investigation of deaths of a bunch of anchors, which is really bad because the anchors are what keep the Sinet sort of structural integrity whole. And we find out that Sienna failed to actually kill Henry Scott in the last uh, book in that battle. Caleb and Vasek discuss uh, forming an alliance. The Arrows are looking to move away from Ming and kind of come under Caleb's sphere. And they agree that they're not going to kill Ming yet because his death could seriously uh, compromise the integrity of the Sinet. Um, Caleb is also man uh, monitoring sort of a canary in the coal mine kind of patient who seems to have a severe sickness that is called by caused by the Sinet. It almost looks like tar on their psychic presence. And he also formally allies, uh, allies with the Mercants, so that is Silver Mercants family. We also find out at the end of book 11 that Caleb has finally found the thing that he has been looking for f since like book three. And that is Sahara Nightstar, who is a long lost Nightstar uh, member who was uh, Torture, abducted and tortured by Enrique and ultimately given over to Tatiana to try to, you know, Tatiana wants to try to control her. When Caleb finds Sahara, he rescues her and he imprisons Tatiana. And as punishment, Tatiana will be kept in a bunker that nobody can find for at least seven years. We find out also that Caleb is a dual cardinal who has both cardinal abilities and tele telepathy and telekinesis. He was also Enrique's protege and biological son, but Enrique knew that C Caleb was falling in love with and getting close to Sahara. Uh, so he allowed them to get close and toy with them until he decided to break them up because he found out of Sahara's um, skill set, which is that she has both backsight, so a sort of F-Psy capability, but she also has the ability to take someone's power fully over if she touches them. So he tried to torture her into giving in to him controlling that power, but she resisted and Caleb helped her get away. But ultimately he gave her over to Tatiana to protect herself from Tatiana. She built a mind labyrinth um, that only Caleb's presence could unlock. So now that she has been unlocked, that he Caleb has found her, um, Caleb basically is the most powerful, where we understand now, he truly is the most powerful person in the Sinet, uh, and he will protect the Sinet because Sahara is in it. We also learn that there's sort of a kill switch on him because Sahara could take his power over at any time, um, so he can't go too wild. And 
Caleb reveals to Sahara that he has been the ghost the whole time. Uh, and he very succinctly explains that he would never have allowed someone so powerful to continue to live. Um, and the whole reason he has been trying to uh, gain power is so that he could create a world that was safe for Sahara. Caleb and Vasek from the Arrows are quickly getting the reputation of being heroes because they keep saving people from the last attacks of the remnants of Pure Psy. Some people think that he is behind Pure Psy until he issues a death on sight order for Pure Psy. Uh, Ming does try to assassinate Caleb because of his writing status. Um, and this is further confirmation that he's been supplying Pure Psy. He fails and he is a nuisance and a recurring pest, but he is clearly no longer the major uh, player of the Psynet. Caleb is essentially the de facto uh, ruler of the Sinet, and he sends out an edict saying that silence is no longer going to be enforced. So silence has fallen, but the Sinet is falling apart. And as we look on, this Hess subject, who uh, was sort of the canary in the coal mine, dies. So we continue to agree that we're not going to kill Ming Laban because it would be too disruptive given how fragile the state of the Sinet is. Um, and by the end of the 12th book, we have Caleb as the most raw, powerful person in the world, followed by Sienna. He actually thought about killing Sienna, but he realized that she, like, doesn't care about what he cares about, and he is good friends with Judd, so he wouldn't do that. But basically, Caleb and Sienna are the two biggest powers left on the playing board. Um, also, the net mind has shown Caleb something with empaths that will help them heal the net. So in book 13, the arrows and Caleb decide to put 10 E's in a clean area that has not been infected by this um, virus that uh, the test patient died of. Um, this is an area between Snowdancer and Dark River. And they want to see if they can keep that infection at bay. Meanwhile, there's a series of mass violent events erupting as the Sinet itself continues to disintegrate. Caleb and the Arrows keep trying to control when they have an outbreak. And it, it's sort of like almost like a zombie infestation where a bunch of Psy will just simultaneously go mad and start attacking people. One of these E's that they're using to try to test the solution is Ivy Jane. And she and Vasek quickly form a bond. Um, and the 13th book has their love story. Vasek had kind of given up on life um, and was sort of in despair until he found Ivy. He uh, almost dies from a uh, failed Im body implant that he had received. Um, but a solution is eventually found. Ming also tries and fails to inject, inject Vasek with Jax to get him back under his control because it is very inconvenient not having a teleporter at his disposal. Um, as the book progresses, we have the medical ease um, who are trying to understand more about the virus. And there's also kind of an overall pattern analysis by Sahara and Ivy. And they realize that if you have a connection to an E, if you are in the Sinet, it prevents you from getting this sickness. Um, we also have sort of quote unquote racist attacks against E's who are suspicious. These are Psy who are suspicious of E's because of their ability to influence people's, um, you know, moods, etc. And eventually the net mind, um, Ivy is able to make contact with the net mind and it shows Ivy what is called the honeycomb. And really, this is the interconnected bonds, psychic bonds that exist between ease and the people in their lives. And that is what helps keep people from getting sick. 
So as more people connect with ease, uh, the breakouts of these violent events reduce and reduce. And by the end of the 13th book, we are moving towards a new ruling structure called the Ruling Coalition that has different representatives from different factions. And Ivy is the representative for what I think of as sort of the E-Union. Um, in this book, we also have Silver Mercant officially deputized to head up the MNET, which is an emergency cross-race relief organization that is able to mobilize quickly and help people if there are um, mass violent or natural disaster events. At the end of the book, Ivy and Vasek are getting married, and it basically is a big signal of the um, new communal bond of the Arrows now that they are out from under the thumb of these different groups. They are starting to create their own encampments, um, their own headquarters, and their own safe spaces for the Arrows. And they are also starting to, it, it is basically discovered that the E's are the people who are, um, they most naturally feel safe with. So there are a number of romances budding between the E's and the Arrows. Uh, and Judd is very excited to share basically the, the sex manual <laughs> that he developed with Vasek. And he is just overjoyed that the Arrows um, are finally in a position where they get to have their own lives and have their own happy uh, lives apart from the things that they're asked to do on behalf of the Psy. So um, then coming into the 14th book, we are starting to wrap up season one. So in the wake of Silence Falling, we have a new bad guy entity emerging, which is called the Consortium. The Consortium is run by a mysterious architect whose identity we do not know. And it is trying to assert themselves on a few different fronts. Basically, it, initially at least, it's presenting itself as wanting chaos because it is gives them opportunities to make money off of the chaos. So they do a few things in the 14th book. They abduct Aiden and Zara to try to gain control over the arrows. They, it is discovered that they are the ones abducting and torturing the Black Sea missing members um, and making them into operatives for their different uh, missions. And they also are successful in injuring Nikita. So they are trying to kill the various members of the ruling coalition. Um, they fail in that initial kind of inciting incident with Aiden and Zara, but in the course of escaping, Aiden and Zara happen upon a group of leopards in the Appalachians. Um, who they form a bond with, and they get inspiration from them about how they can create a community where they can raise the Arrow children who are dangerous and have dangerous abilities, but um, need to be taught how to control their power in the context of a community that still loves them and treats them with care. And uh, we also have Aiden. We've kind of not known what his how, how he is able to be the head of the arrows because he doesn't appear to have any specific gigantic skill. But it turns out that his power is basically um, what is called being a mirror. It's similar to some of the capabilities that Walker Lauren has, um, but on a different level. And basically he can take someone's power briefly and use it for himself. And when the power returns to them, they have uh, essentially a huge amplification of the power that they had. So if they were not a cardinal, but like maybe a 8.5 or something, they're able to be um, a full-on cardinal briefly. So that is his power. 
And at the very end of the book, we have the creation of what is called the Trinity Accord, which is an alliance between a bunch of different entities across Psy, human and changelings, where they are all going to work for each other's mutual aid and mutual benefit, uh, which will be, you know, better politically, better economically. It's sort of like a united world order. And basically that's where the 14th book ends is the creation of that accord and the next season of side changeling is called side changeling trinity which is them trying to implement the trinity accord so that is my recap of the first 14 books hopefully we hit most of the high points i know i left things out because a lot of things happen in those books but i hope that this was a helpful refresher and we will do this same thing for season two, including Storm Echo. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow me at Books Like Woe across YouTube, Twitter, Goodreads, Instagram, TikTok, all those things. And I will talk to you very soon for a little bit more bonus content. Hope you're doing well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye!